All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The first selection of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 28 of the Daily Face Off podcast, presented to you by Odd Shark. I'm your host, Brock Segan, and with me here live is Dylan D. Bertheum. How's it going, D? Doing pretty good. Not as good as I was like five minutes ago, the first time we uh, we tried <laughs> to do this. But uh, third time's a charm. Bit of technical difficulties here with uh, bees via satellite, but I think we got it all straightened out now. Right? Yeah, I hope so. Beebs, are you still there? Oh, you know it. Um, <laughs> bringing that same energy as, as Take One, boys. Um, absolutely jacked up right now. It's March Madness. It's fantasy hockey playoffs. It's a good time to be Beebs. Good time to be a sports fan. Um, go Blue. Yeah, go blue. We, uh, we're all Michigan fans. We're all watching Michigan right now, so hopefully we don't pop off too much during this game. Yeah. But hopefully, A couple moves uh, here and there. Yeah, well, hopefully we don't have too much to worry about here in the first round. Uh, I know I'm alive and well in the fantasy hockey playoffs in my league of record right now. Uh, 
a nice lead heading into the weekend in the semifinals. Uh, I finished the regular season 17-4-1, so big heavy favorite heading into the the semis. I'd say we're better. Your job is to to set fantasy hockey lineups. Honestly, one of the guys in our league, the guy I'm playing right now in the semis, he, he, he was pretty much garbage all year, and then his team... Like, he has Kucherov, who's obviously Ugh. a monster. I'll just tell you how much I hate Kucherov. Um, but he's also, like, he ended up get, picking up, like, a guy like Dylan Strom. Yep. Uh, you know, Gustafson, middle of the season. Uh, he has to bring Cat. So, like, he's got that little Chicago thing going. And yep. his team heated up, made the playoffs. I'm playing him the semis. Hopefully I can hold on to that. You guys still alive and well in your league of records, D? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I picked up the, uh, like, the one me and Biebs are in. It's a 16 or 16 playoffs uh, format. Uh, out of 12. Oh, no. So I picked up the bye. I finished first in the regular season. The same as me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I had a 15, 5, and 1 record. So uh, pretty good. Just like you, no one really impressed uh, because I looked at that shit all day long. Yeah. Uh, B's also did pretty good. But I got the bye, and now I'm losing in the semifinals this week because I was in Nashville to start the week and just totally sleeping at the wheel. Not like not saying the lineup, but just not anywhere near as on top of it as I'd, uh, as I'd like to be. So Did you escape Nashville kidney stone free? Or? Yeah, yeah. I oh, don't have good. kidney stones. I uh, did enjoy my time in Nashville. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Lisa showing? Yeah. Well, I, I went to the game, right? The Nashville game. I could do without uh, the you suck chance on every single goal. I think it gets yeah. a little bit played out for all 41 home games. Yeah. I like it in the playoffs. I like taunting the goal in the playoffs. I think it's a serious home ice advantage. Uh, gets a little played out, I think, in regular season. And did you not the say one that they, thing, were, they were taunting Anderson after the Preds scored an empty yes, netter? <laughs> yes, Not showing uh, the most terrific understanding of hockey. But, yeah, they, they did tell Anderson it was all his fault after the empty net goal, uh, which he was on the bench, so could not have been any less his fault at no. the time. It was uh, equally – it was basically <laughs> just as much of my fault as it was yeah, Frederick Anderson. Yeah, but they're great fans, man. They really, really love the team. Uh, all good people in the seats, too. Like I said, if the you suck chant – uh, yeah. Is the worst I'm going to get. I can take that after going to games in Detroit for years, right? Oh so, yeah. Uh, but the one thing I did love about uh, you know the crowd and how interactive they was, uh, or they were, whenever there was a uh, last minute of play, you know the announcer comes mm-hmm. on uh, last minute remaining in the first period. Yep. His name's Paul. Oh, yeah. I forget his first name. But whenever that happens, the entire arena in unison goes, "Thanks, Paul." That's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. It's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I, I wish I could have caught a game that. when I was there. I, I tried to get tickets. Unfortunately, they were in Winnipeg uh, that day, so not wasn't Tough about pulse. to go catch yeah. that game. But classic I just division rivalry, the, right? Right around the corner up yeah. to Winnipeg. Yeah, I love. Uh, I just love the fact that that arena is the jitches right downtown. Like we ate across, the, we ate at a restaurant right across the street, yeah. and it was pretty dead that day because obviously they were in Winnipeg. But it would have been. Uh, I would love. To, I'd love to catch a That's game. It's crazy. Like, like it's just a strip of bars, and every yeah. single bar has like live upstairs music. and a downstairs, and there's a live act on the main floor. It should be. And there's yeah. a live act on the middle floor, and if they have a rooftop, there's a live act yeah. on the rooftop. It's too. incredible. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy, and they're all just insanely talented people. So it was a really good time. Uh, Nashville, an absolutely terrific city to go see a hockey game, uh, if you're in that sort of thing. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I said I remember last year, or I guess it would have been 2018 when they had that big like whatever two billion dollar uh, lottery in the states yeah obviously bought some tickets for it and i was like if i win this shit i'm just gonna buy the predators and move <laughs> to nashville because they're only worth like 470 million so yeah. if you win two billion yeah i was also purchase. a big uh big fan of the tim mcgraw uh skit that plays after they score goals have you seen it no uh 
It's to the tune of, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it. That's awesome. Oh, that's good. Don't know what it is about the Predator scorn, but I like it, I love it. Uh, yeah. But he takes, like, <laughs> like uh, a slap shot, like, in the middle of the clip, and his form is just, I, I don't know, he got no instruction on his form at all. He just brings it all the way around like a golf swing. Come on. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. Probably a baseball swing is more accurate. That's yeah. You can get a lot on a yeah. puck, dude. Love me some Tim. Yeah. Yeah, you would think, right? A lot of elevation. Better anyway. swing. Beebs' <laughs> softball swing or Tim McGraw's slap shot? Oh, um, oh, easy Tim McGraw slap shot. Tim McGraw slap shot had more torque, I would say. It's just the, <laughs> the angle was all off. Easy. Leaves <laughs> his swing is Tim more McGraw like went. fighting himself all the way through. But the contact's oh, yeah. there every single time. At no point is it natural. <laughs> but uh, we're in the middle of the semifinals here. Uh, so we're going to continue what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to look at streaming options for this weekend to help make that championship push, as well as take a look uh, ahead to next week, look at the schedule, find some streaming options for next week as well. Uh, so not only to get you to the finals, but hopefully win the finals as well. Uh, again, like always, uh, our sponsor, we've got Odd Shark and Chris Abbott will be joining us halfway through the show uh, to talk a little bit about betting. Thanks, Chris. A, a little bit about uh, just the NHL in general. We're going to take Chris? a look uh, at, at, at Friday's two-game slate, talk about how he looks at uh, which games he should bet on, uh, and also what using a site like Daily Faceoff uh, can do for a better uh, to give you a little bit of an edge. It's a good idea. So, yeah. uh, But before we get to Chris, obviously we're going to talk a little bit of fancy hockey. So, yeah. Free uh, DFO Twitter. We are going – yeah, yeah. no kidding. That suspension has been absolutely bullshit. I can't even get over it. I'm not going to get into People it. People want to know. People because, want to know. Just, well, it's just give us an we update. Don't, we don't know. Quick like, up, we have no, no idea. Literally, update. we were in the middle of uh, recording an episode last week. Uh, I confirmed Pekka Rene at like this time, 10 o'clock. Uh, and then did you call I, him like penis Rene or something? No, I did nothing wrong. Not even Pecker um, Rene. I I, I yeah. just uh, I and then all of a sudden I went on, Boobies you know, Rene? 15 minutes later and it said we were suspended. I was like, okay, this has got to be some some kind of mistake. Yeah. Uh, Twitter did get back to me basically just to confirm that I am a human being. Uh, <laughs> and then I said, yes, I am a human being. Uh, we continue to appeal. Uh, I did actually get in touch with somebody who apparently has some connections to Twitter execs. Uh, he's a big shot, I, I suppose, and he says he's going to do some work for me. So hopefully that goes well. Huge. But uh, thanks, man. I mean, it should definitely be back for next season, I would assume. But right now, yeah, there's uh, some obviously, powerful people who play DFS puck. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're obviously stuck in limbo right now, uh, which is unfortunate because we really did nothing wrong. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, yeah, that, we literally that, did nothing wrong. If that other website uh, had something to do with okay. it, they've been after us for years. So I wouldn't be surprised if they send out a couple of reports. Bush did nine eleven. Report this account on DFO podcast. <laughs> no. So unless we're talking about Sas- Sasquatch, yeah, but, but that's just Chara. So yeah, there's no conspiracy yeah. theory there. Heading into this weekend, uh, there's Easy. not there's not a lot uh, to love from a streaming it's perspective. Uh, well, you basically just have to look at the Friday shit. games and the Sunday games, and hopefully you have a couple of uh, acquisition limits to, to spare if you really want to get two games uh-huh. in. Yes. I think the Capitals, right? The Capitals are the only team only that play Friday, Friday and Saturday or and Sunday, yeah. sorry. Which, uh, Ron is so- a solid pickup, uh, but I still think if, like, just based on his usage... Like, if you have the two acquisition spots available, there's other guys you could pick up and probably get uh, more bang for your buck. But, it, like, if, you know, only one spot available, if Ron is available in your league, uh, I, I think he's definitely the one to get. So, I think yeah. I think uh, the other guy I would definitely look at maybe before Verona is Brett Connolly. Before? Uh, Connolly right now, 13% owned. The Capitals' third line has been great over the last month and a half. 
Uh, Conley especially has been outstanding. I bet you didn't know uh, that he is tied for the team lead with Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Kuznetsov with 11 goals since the start of February. Buddy, um, we all knew that. The trio, the trio is tied for 13th in the NHL in goals, uh, goal scoring over that stretch. Uh, during that 24-game stretch, Connolly is on a 38-goal, 58-point pace if you prorated over 50, 82 games. Obviously, not the type of player he is, but that just goes to showcase just how hot he's been uh, over the last month and a half. And with them being um, the only team that plays Friday, Sunday, I think Connolly's worth a look. Uh, D, me and you talk about it a lot, just how dominant that third line has been at five-on-fives, especially since adding Carl Haglin. Yeah. Uh, Haglin, Eller, hey. and Connolly, they've been great. <laughs> the Hags effect. Um, Connolly also sees some power play two-time, yeah. well, which is yeah, ideal yeah. in... in uh, Eller and Connolly have done a good job of creating offense all season. Uh, but like the the real domination of the puck didn't start until for whatever reason Carl Hagman joined their line. Well, we we always knew Carl Hagman was like a Speed solid two way player, uh, but he really wasn't able to help out Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel that much. Like their defensive numbers were not great together. Obviously, Malkin and Kessel uh, not the best defenders, but you'd expect them to at least be able to play at a level of Lars Heller and Brett Connolly. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, the three of them are really gelling. I'm sure it has a lot to do with the competition they're facing as well. Teams really have to bulk up. Uh, to play against the Capitals' top six, and it leaves a lot of cushier matchups for uh, Eller Connolly and now Carl Hags. Uh, yeah, the only thing, the only reason I would, I, I still like Ron Moore uh, in spot starts. I, you know, I'm just all about the usage and oh, yep. sure. Connolly. The minute is just a way better. Yeah, score. I'm kind of there, and you, like I, I love how the guys playing, and you can certainly bet on the solid matchups and the hot streak continuing. Um, but like when we're talking about an additional three or four minutes per game. Uh, it just adds a whole bunch of opportunities. Uh, Brandon's really, had those games, yeah. too, where he just kind of goes off. Um, so if he can do that for you uh, as a casual pickup where he, where he gets a couple goals or yeah. a couple assists, that's absolutely Yeah, love me some Brett Connolly. I just think I would look at Rana first. But uh, definitely in a lot of more competitive leagues, Rana is going to be gone at this point. Um, so, yeah, I definitely like looking at Connolly, especially if you only have that single-player acquisition uh, to burn. Uh, he, I think he's definitely the guy after Rana for sure. Oh, yeah. Beebs, do you have anybody else to mention uh, for this weekend? Just for the weekend, a uh, couple quick. If you're in super, super deep leagues, um, you guys know how I love guys on PP1 and Line 1. And uh, playing for my hometown boys, not hometown at all, but 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 my, my club, um, Colorado, I just wanted to mention their top line out there. They are struggling right now, very injured. So they have Derek Broussard and JT Comfort playing on the, on the top. Uh, Comfort first pickup over Broussard. He's uh, a little bit more of a natural scorer. And then uh, pick up. Feel free to grab Bassard again. They're both first line, first power play. Both been playing 16, 17 minutes a night. Um, we mentioned Bassard last week. He hasn't done shit since, which is absolutely mind blowing with his with his usage. But um, it, they've got a back to back against Chicago. That probably means that they're going to run into uh, one of. The, I, I don't expect Crawford to play both, but realistically, yeah. if they're going for the playoffs, he could. But if he is playing both, I love them playing against him on the second yeah. night. They still like Cam Sunday. Yeah, they still um, like so, yeah. Cam Ward too. So uh, exactly, yeah, they're not just going to throw him under the bus. But I mean, we said that about Pittsburgh, and uh, they did it with uh, Matt Murray yeah, last yeah. weekend. But so. I, I think just realistically, Pittsburgh has a lot more to play with at this point, and just with uh, Crawford's injury history too. You know, he's just finally starting to get back to full speed. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't I'll, expect him to throw two. Uh, but you, you never know. You know, he matchup. pitches like a 25 save shadow, plays really well. There's a chance they could go back to him. Um, yep. Especially, oh no, the Sunday game is an afternoon game. 
Uh, I believe so. Oh, no, the sa- Saturday's, at, Saturday's, Saturday's afternoon, Sunday's yeah. at 5. Uh, yeah, so it leaves a little bit of wiggle room there. Uh, but as far as the top line goes, yeah, I, I mean, there's not a much better team to stack against these days or, to, you know, to target uh, than the Blackhawks uh, in terms of yeah. opponents because just surrender so many scoring chances, so many high-edge chances. For all the offense they create, they're one of the, the worst defensive teams in the NHL. Uh, and like Beeb's point, well, not great goal. Can you imagine it. the numbers? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think on the opposite side of that game, though, too, uh, I think maybe a guy like Dylan Sakura is something somebody else you could throw uh, throw out there in yeah, super deep usage. leagues. Uh, right now, playing with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane yeah. on the top line, he's yep. been shooting a ton. Uh, good college score as well. Playing with yeah, those Colorado's two, obviously going up against off, Colorado uh, is, is pretty good as well. Uh, yep. So you know, contrary to. Uh, as bad as Chicago is, uh, giving up offense. Chicago, yeah, yeah, Colorado, yeah. No, pretty Chicago's bad just, right well. just great for fantasy on, on either side, right? Because there's a ton of shots for, a ton of shots against that are going to happen night in and night out. Um, so just a lot of action, a lot of uh, high event hockey coming out of their game. So just great to target on either side for sure. A uh, little weary without the power play time in Chicago of anyone. But mm-hmm. uh, like you said, when it comes down to the spot starts. Uh, yeah, like this is, this is like about as deep a league as you could find. For sure. I'm sure he's pretty much universally yeah. available. Uh, there's another team, too, I wanted to talk about quickly. Um, yeah. Well, if we were looking oh, at... The Islanders in, yeah. uh, in Philadelphia on on Saturday, but they've got the Coyotes on Sunday. Uh, Jordan Everly has not really had the year that you'd expect, uh, but playing with Barzell, uh, that line's been really good since... Uh, since they've been put together, Eberly's got bumped up recently, uh, and I know Eberly was, you know, pretty available uh, to begin with. Uh, then he got injured; wasn't sure, you know wasn't totally obvious how long he was going to be out. Uh, mm-hmm. Was a game time decision tonight, and actually played. Uh, was back in the lineup, so uh, he's nineteen percent owned right now. Uh, that line's just been so good that they should score goals. I mean, you know, in in Philadelphia and Arizona, two pretty good matchups uh, this weekend. If you want to look that look there, yep, uh, but. All in all, not a ton to like this weekend. You yeah, might have to really ride, hard. You might have point. to ride your horses, see what happens, and then on Sunday, kind of make maybe the best way to attack this is leave a couple of moves available for yourself on yeah. Sunday because if, it is a fairly busy day. Yeah, and if you if you're behind, then use the pickups just for Sunday. That yeah. might be and the it, best way to. If look we're at looking this. at specific teams uh, to go after on Sunday, uh, obviously, like I said, I, I think Beeb's nailed it with Colorado. Um, Chicago like, as an opponent doesn't get much better than that. Uh, yeah. And then uh, just thinking about off the top, off the top of my head, guys that would be readily available: Josh Levo on Vancouver against the Blue Jackets in a pretty good spot. Um, and then yeah, on the other side of that struggling. game too, uh, it's just so hard with Columbus because their top six has just changed so frequently. Uh, but whoever ends up playing with Matt Duchesne could be end up uh, getting a run. Josh Anderson uh, right now. Uh, should be pretty widely available. Uh, Zingle as well. Josh Anderson is 61% owned. Yep. Zingle. Also, can I just say Levo didn't get one freaking point last night on seven yeah. goals? I know. I played him in DraftKings. I was quite yeah. disappointed. Man, I've, I've been riding him all week because of what we talked about last week, just the great matchups. And the guy is like, I'm like, how? You won 7-3. I know, yeah. man. I just touch one. Yeah, I was expecting Anderson to be the lower of the two, but Anderson actually a lot higher probably because of banger leagues. Zingle pretty widely yeah, available at 26%. Definitely because of bangers. Uh, so Zingle's a, pr- a pretty interesting target on that day too, I think. Uh, him and Duchesne have been together all, all year season. on both teams and have created uh, a lot of offense. Not the best defensive duo, uh, but who cares when we're talking about fantasy hockey. So 
some pretty spots good matchup to look at. with Vancouver too. Yeah, but again, it's probably going to come down to some tough decisions you're going to have to make on Sunday. Probably going to need to look at cutting some guys that you otherwise might not, especially if there aren't really uh, super tight acquisition limits in your league. You could really look at dumping off some guys uh, in redraft leagues that you'd otherwise hold on to. Yeah, and you know what? If you're a guy who's leading or heading into the championship too, you can take advantage of uh, people that are in situations like yep. that. Uh, I know last week, I w- or like this week actually, I was able to pick up William Nylander because somebody was looking to fit somebody in their lineup uh, you know, they had more games last week. They ended up dropping Willie, and then right after they did, they he got moved to Matthew's line, yeah. and then uh, ended up sticking on Matthew's line. So I picked him up for next week because they've got four games. So, uh, you know, I, I, I was able to benefit there because uh, you can take advantage of those guys that are just desperate at this point in the season. So, uh, But let's, that's enough about this week. Let's look ahead to next week. And, Peeps, we'll start with you here. Uh, who are you targeting for next week? Okay, next week, I decided to go after some guys. Likely at this point, um, you know, it, 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 next week's going to be you against one other person or two other if you got if you got that third-place matchup. But easy pick for me, a plus 34 out in Calgary. Uh, Michael Backlund, also 34% owned right now. Strictly center, but he plays Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Talked about how we love that schedule. Calgary's on fire right now. They're scoring a ton of goals. He's got 19 and 24 on the season. He's playing nearly 19 minutes a night. And if you're playing 19 minutes a night um, on a team like Calgary, that's just, again, scoring like they're scoring. They're, they're be, all three of their their top nine are scoring right now, um, and he's kind of right in the middle of it. Guy only has three power play points among all um, among those 43 that he's collected all year. So it shows that he's just destroyed it on five on five. And, again, plus 34, he's uh, – it's very odd when you could grab a guy who's just going to boost that up extremely high. Um, yeah, I like Backlund. He's a good look with that schedule for sure. Yeah, he plays so much, and he is just a terrific 5-5 player, like you said, Biebs. Yeah. Um The Value schedule is so friendly for the Flames next week. Uh, them and the Rangers, two teams with what we like to call a perfect schedule. They play Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday, and Sunday. Love it. Although Monday is a bit busier next week than the average day, but you should still be able to fit some uh, extra games into your lineup. Do we if bring any- up Buffalo? Uh, I yeah, I was gonna time, I was gonna right? talk about Buffalo, but before we do, let's uh, fire it over to the Blue Stones really quick, and then when we get back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about next week's schedule, uh, specifically Buffalo, who has <laughs> one of the craziest schedules I've seen uh, since the Detroit Red Wings yeah. a couple years ago, who had to play three yeah. games in three days. So enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in sixty seconds. Why did that ever happen? They have a snow. Baby, Shark is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for statistics and trends for upcoming games? Oddshark has that too, and it's all free. Their experts provide in-depth analysis for each game, 
packed with stats, numbers, and trends that will help you make the sharp picks on game day. Whether you're looking to play tonight's puck line or get in on the March Madness action, head over to oddshark.com and start playing like a shark today. Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 28 of the DFO Podcast. I am now joined by Chris Abbott of Odd Shark once again. How's it going, Chris? Good, Brock. How are you doing, man? Not bad. It's an uh, exciting time of year right now. We've got the uh, the stretch run here in the NHL. The um, NCAA tournament just started. The Masters is coming up for golf. It's just it's a sports frenzy right now. I absolutely love this time of year. Yeah, I know. It's great. And the, the snow is starting to melt in a lot of places in the north. So, um, yeah, it's been it's it's an absolutely exciting time. And it'll be a little bit of a drop-off once all this is over. But we got to enjoy it while we're in the middle of it. Absolutely. Yeah, it was... Uh bit of a bittersweet day the other day i had to take down my backyard rink which was like it's nice that you're transitioning into into spring and maybe we get to hit the golf course soon but still it was uh it was fun while it lasted the winter but time to move into spring and, and all the fun things that it brings especially in the sports world absolutely yeah spring means playoffs in the nhl and the nba right so um no better time of year not at all. So uh, let's talk a little bit first about uh, Friday's games. We have a small little two-game slate, pretty rare uh, at this time of year, but I think it's a perfect opportunity for us to talk about uh, kind of how you pick uh, games to bet on and which games you, you, you like to target and why and all that. So let's take a look quickly at Friday's two-game slate. Uh, the first game is Minnesota in Washington, and the second game is San, San Jose excuse me, in Anaheim. How do you look at these two games, and how do you kind of decide on which games you want to put your money on? Well, sometimes you've got to be disciplined, too. Like, when there's only two games, it's a little bit tougher. Like, last night, again, we talked about it last week, but Tampa Bay was a money line underdog. And sure, they were coming off a of back-to-back, and Carolina's been great at home and all that stuff. But anytime you can get in on Tampa Bay uh, in that spot is excellent. So you can you can make that bet. But if you're, if you're hell-bent on betting a game tonight... Uh, you have to be a little more selective because what we've got is two big money line favorites in Washington and San Jose, and there's not a whole lot of value in playing money line bets on those. So you've got to you've got to take a look at maybe where's your best opportunity to strike. So when I took a quick look at both of these games, there's uh, a couple of things that stood out to me for both games for the favorites. You can take some of the juice away, and I know we don't always we don't have. Uh, you know, really experienced betters maybe uh, paying attention to this. And what I mean by the juice is basically the cut that the sports book takes to take your action. So if you were to bet the money line, which is winner or loser, doesn't matter, overtime, shootout, regulation, um, the Sharks would be minus 180, which means you would have to pay $180 to win 100. So that's not a great bet. By the way, you don't have to play that those amounts you can <laughs> anything it's just it's uh scaled right so yeah. that's it's done on 100 dollar uh, increments to make sense um but you you can throw another wrinkle into that and play the three-way money line which is you can bet a winner a loser or for the game to go beyond regulation and that takes some of the quote-unquote juice out of it and uh san jose then would be minus 112 so you'd almost get even money for that so that's one thing i'd look at in that game tonight the other thing I look at in the San Jose game is that nine of their last 10 games on a back-to-back have gone over the goal total. And I mean way over, like 9, 10, 13 goals in some, uh, in some spots. So that's where I'd use the Odd Shark database to take a look and look for historical trends. And that's one that jumped out to me today 
in that game. And moving over to the Washington-Minnesota game, similar story on the money line and the uh, the three-way bet. So the money line is minus 170 for the Caps, who I think will win this game. I mean, if you think the underdog is going to win, great, but I just don't. Um, and the three-way money line, of course, the Washington Capitals to win in regulation is just about even money, so I'd like that. But this is a game, too, where I, I'd use your site and wait to see who's starting in net because if I'm getting a Braden Holtby-Devin Dubnik matchup, I'd be okay with going under six goals in this game as well. Yeah, and that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about, too, is how using a site like Daily Faceoff can give you an edge over the sports book. Like, I mean, we're typically on it. Uh, right away, as soon as a goalie is confirmed or a player is ruled out or whatever, how can you gain an edge by using like daily faceoff? So, by using your site and also following um, industry insiders on Twitter or whatever, those are the two biggest strategies that I use to try and get ahead of the sports books. Now, I don't know how they do it, but these guys are good. Like, as <laughs> soon as there's any breaking news, you'll see things shift, but. It's not always the sports book that causes the shift in the price of a, a betting line because if you and I both see that, uh, you know, uh, Linus Allmark is starting for the Buffalo Sabres and we think, well, they're really not going to win tonight, um, then you and I and a whole lot of other people that follow along will start betting on Buffalo's opponent. And that in itself triggers the algorithms at the sports books to move the line. So, um, early adopters, I guess, if you want to put it that way, but the people who are on it quickly will move it for the rest of the people. But it's always, always, always information is king in this industry. If you can get a tip, it's like the stock market, mm -hmm. right? It's just a, a little more, a lot more short term. Um, but if you can get a tip in the stock market and jump on it before somebody else, you're going to do it. If you can get a tip in sports betting and jump on it before somebody else, it doesn't guarantee you'll win, but it gives you a better chance to win. And that's that's all we're asking for here. Yeah, we're just looking for an edge. That's all we really need to do. Um, I assume that the Sharks' uh, goal totals on back-to-backs might have a little bit of something to do with the fact that they've got a dominant offense, but also the fact that Aaron Dell typically starts the second half of back-to-backs, and he's had a bit of a tough year. Uh, 890 save percentage, which is a bit surprising because he was so good last year. Um, sticking with the Sharks, though, Joe Pavelski uh, missed last night's game. Uh, he did come out and say... That he, you know, he probably could have played if it was in the playoffs uh, or whatnot. But uh, how worried are you about the Sharks kind of right now, uh, heading towards the playoffs? You know, no Joe Pavelski right now. Eric Carlson, not really sure what's going on with him. Uh, they seem to, you know, think that he's going to be back, you know, ready for the playoffs, but no guarantees. How do you feel about the Sharks as a whole right now? I mean, they, they've been such a powerhouse all season long, but they're kind of limping in right now. Well, when I look at a team like the San Jose Sharks, I also look at like the greater organization, and they've been doing this for so long, and they're so smart, Doug Wilson, Pete DeBoer, all these guys. So if there's a nagging injury for Joel Pavelski, they don't care if he plays down the stretch. They don't care if Eric Carlson plays down the stretch. If Jumbo needs some time to rest, they'll rest him. They're worried about when the puck drops when the playoffs start. Now, how that affects from a betting angle, you got to keep an eye on that. Who's playing? Are there minutes down? Um, you know, are San Jose, you know, do they have a chance to get that first seed uh, in the division? I don't even know. That might already be clinched, but I, I, I'd have to follow up. But those are things I'd look at. Like, you know, you never want to factor too much into, say, you know, quote-unquote motivation. But these guys are going to manage their team on the, on the home stretch here. So um, you definitely have to look at who's in and who's out. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically all you can do. You know, we talk about Evgeny Malkin, same thing. Like, 
for him, he's a player that I've been watching closely this year. He's had some good results, but I, I, I really feel like he's some nights, he, more nights than not, he's checked out. So I wouldn't put too much stock in Evgeny Malkin uh, this season either. Yeah, and I was just about to say that too. It's the, the way the Sharks kind of manage players is similar to the way the Penguins have kind of been doing it for years. They could care less about the regular season. They, they're in it for the long haul. They're in it for the Stanley Cups. And they seem to be one of the more frustrating teams, especially from, from our perspective, from a fantasy perspective, because Crosby could be just a little bit nicked up. Or same, same goes for Malkin, and they have no problem holding them out uh, for, for a couple games, you know, sometimes into weeks, just to make sure that, hey, you know, we're ready to go for the playoffs and, and that's where we want to win. The, they, shark, yeah, the, shark, the Sharks are obviously in the same boat. Like Carlson is just, who knows that what they don't really say anything much about him, but it's just like they they have no interest in rushing him back right now. No, and I mean he's your star asset, and with him, there's so much else on the line. Like with a guy like Carlson, you're trying to keep him happy too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that all plays. These guys are human, and uh, if Eric Carlson felt like the San Jose Sharks were rushing him back into the lineup then maybe he's not as apt to sign long-term with them or whatever. So all those things come into play, and that's when having a a well-rounded knowledge of the sport and the organizations really, really um, comes into play. So it's not always just about stats and what a guy did over his last five games. It's understanding the management uh, strategies, the history of the organizations. And it's yeah, you're right. It's interesting that we're talking about San Jose and Pittsburgh because these are two organizations that have been there, done that. They know what it takes to win. And I don't think you can, you know, a lot of teams or, you know, I always hear a lot of people in the media say, oh, you got to learn how to lose before you learn how to win. And this is part of learning how to win. It's, it's managing your players and making sure they peak at the right time. Absolutely. Um, and I just want to go back before we move on. And could you just let the listeners know where they can find all these statistical trends on Oddsharp? Yeah, for sure. On our main, main page, oddsharp.com, uh, you'll see a uh, 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 on the top bar, it'll say sports. You click that, all the leagues will pop down. Um, you can select NHL from the left side banner. And then down near the bottom of the page, then you'll see somewhere where it says database. And it's uh, it's unbelievable the amount of data that's stored in the database. You'd never get to the end of it if you tried. <laughs> and it's very user-friendly. Just pop in the team that you want to look. If it's a back-to-back, if it's against another team, it's if against the other conference. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a great way to go for, uh, for team information. Now, all our stuff is team-based, uh, except for the MLB. We keep some pitcher stats. Um, and I also use, uh, I don't know if you guys use this uh, as well. Maybe they're a competitor. I don't know. But uh, Hockey Reference. No, absolutely. Uh, they're fantastic. Yeah, for, uh, for individual player stuff and, and the history that they have. So um, that's, that's something I use as well. But the Odd Shark database is really, really good for spitting out and, and betting specific stuff so it'll tell you what the line in the game was it'll tell you if it was over or under it'll tell you what the total was um at the close before the start of the game so um yeah and if anyone out there has any questions at all about the site or navigating it they can they can reach out to me on twitter uh chris oddshark k-r-i-s and uh, i'm more than happy to help excellent uh let's talk a little bit uh about your team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who seem to be scuffling a little bit right now. Uh, they got a big win against the Sabres the other night, but they've still lost five of their last eight games. Um, not really peaking at the right time. Uh, you look at, you know, they're basically locked into a first-round matchup with the Boston Bruins, uh, who got David Pasternak back recently, and he's seemingly just fit right back in the lineup, no problem. Um, 
Do you think the issues in Toronto right now are overblown because of all the media attention? Um, or are they in real trouble here and are probably going to be looking at another first-round exit? Okay, so first things first, yes, everything is overblown when it comes to Toronto and the Maple Leafs. Um, if they win a game, we're planning a parade. If they lose, <laughs> you know, fire everybody. I can't believe, you know, trade Matthews. Like, come on. Man. Yeah. But when you, when you take that emotion out of it and you look at this hockey team, I don't think anybody can argue the fact that they have some of the most dynamic forwards in the entire league, and they have one of the best goaltenders in the entire league. Freddie Anderson's still very underrated, mm -hmm. I think. Absolutely. Um, the problem with the Maple Leafs lies in the back end, and not just with the six guys that you call defensemen, but the entire thing that happens on their side of the red line. For, for me, anyway, like, this is just, just my perception of it. And this is one of the things that... You know, I think with analytics, when you look at sports like baseball and basketball, it's a lot easier to quantify things. I don't think you can quantify a guy's willingness to get in a shooting lane and block a shot from the point, which is, a, is something that drives me crazy about the Maple Leafs. You've got a lot, of, a lot of wingers who, you know, they'll go out there, but they're not lined up with the puck, and it's getting through, and it's getting deflected, or there's rebounds. So all those things uh, are where it starts, and then you know, talking about the guys that play defense, there's uh, some questionable decision-making, some bad first passes, um, some soft plays coming out of the zone. I, I don't think that either Igor Ojiganov or Nikita Zaitsev are NHL players. Um, I shouldn't say that. That's not fair. These guys are part <laughs> of it. But I don't think they're, you know, top six on a, on a contending team. And, uh, you know, it, I'm going to sidetrack for a second here because – you know, you talk, the, 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 all the talk in the U.S. is about collusion with the Russians. I wonder if the Maple Leafs organization doesn't have some sort of collusion with the Russians, too, because <laughs> it's so frustrated. When I go back, look at the, listen to this list of guys that has played for the Maple Leafs from Russia. Igor Oshiganov, Nikita Zaitsev, Alexei Marchenko, Nikita Soshnikov, Nikolai Kuleman, Alexander Suglobov, Alexander Havanov, Maxim Kondrachev. Alexei Ponikarovsky and Nick Antropov. Until you get back to Alex McGillney, Dmitry Yuskevich, Danny Markov, Sergei Berezin, the Leafs haven't had much success with one of the biggest gold mines for hockey players in the world, and it really, really makes no sense to me. <laughs> and uh, I, I, don't, I, I go off on a tangent there, but I don't know if, if that's ever come up. Your pronunciation was top-notch. That was well done. Uh, you know, before I did this, I used to be a play-by-play -play guy. So. Oh, there you go. So you had to nail it down. It's yeah, uh, it's it's a bit surprising to me because like you hear, uh, especially in Toronto, a lot of people uh, were really unhappy with Jake Gardner last year. Uh, weren't overly pleased with how he played earlier this year. Uh, but without Gardner and Travis Dermott, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a tough stretch here for the Leafs. I think that that plays a factor into their struggles more than anything right now. Uh, when they get you know Gardner and Dermott back, do you think that they can contend with Buff uh, sorry Boston in the first round? I, I think uh, Travis Dermott's going to be a good player. Jake Gardner, to me, like I think he's a forward. I don't think he's a defenseman. I think if Jake Gardner was a forward, he'd be all right. Um, again, not every time for most of this season when I'd see a goal go in in the Leaf zone, I'd look down and you see fifty-one and twenty-two on the ice. <laughs> And uh, it drives me crazy. But I, I, I just think, and I know this has been the buzzword recently with those guys and, and its depth. And I, mm -hmm. I don't think that 
it's fair to come out and call out the organization for having a lack of depth now that you're struggling. But I think it's a reality, and I don't think that unless they have, you know, their top six might not be the top six on a Stanley Cup winning team, but they're still there, the Leafs' top six, mm -hmm. right? So when you're getting down to seven, eight, nine, ten, you're, you're going to have your struggles. I don't think even if they have their best roster on the ice, I don't think they win a seven-game series with the Boston Bruins. And it's for the things that I talked about, the things that you can't really quantify, um, you know, the whole give a heck factor. Um, and, and I'd use a different word if this wasn't cast, <laughs> but I think the Bruins just play a tougher, harder brand of hockey. Um, they have the leadership of guys like Patrice Bergeron and Zidane Char in the room, and I think leadership is a thing the Leafs are still trying to find who their leader is and who they should identify with. And uh, at the end of the day, I, I just don't see them, I don't see enough guys wearing blue and white willing to do what they need to do to win a playoff series against a tough team like Boston. Does that make sense? It does. No, and that seems to be kind of the knock on the Leafs. Uh, they're kind of this fly around the ice, score a lot of pretty goals, team, like hockey team, but they might not do all the, the small things right. And that could come with more experience. Obviously, they're a fairly young team still, but uh, this, you know, they came into the season, obviously, because a lot of money was put on them, but as the Stanley Cup favorites, um, and it's just crazy to be sitting here talking about how they might be looking at another first-round exit. It's just not really what uh, I thought, I don't think they were expecting and uh, or their fans were expecting. Well, I think right from the outset, when I saw the Stanley Cup futures market come out, I, I said, this is crazy. Like, mm -hmm. this Leafs team... In, in a couple of years, absolutely. But right now, they, they couldn't be considered the I don't think they should have been considered the favorite. But a lot of that odd stuff comes from, and I think we talked about it last week, you know, with you know, the Yankees, the Cowboys uh, getting overinflated because everybody supports them. I think the Leafs got a bit of that too in the hype train in Toronto. Like, you know, Morgan Riley's a good defenseman, but everyone, you know, Toronto media, oh, the Norris Trophy. Come on, let, hey, slow down the train. Yeah. Um, Riley is the Norris Trophy. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, they're a good team. I just don't think they have enough guy. Like, they need a Zach Hyman on every line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that guy, is he brings it all together, and those guys are hard to come by, and I don't think they have enough, and they really miss him when he's out of the lineup. Um, you know, I do like Kasperi Kapanen. I really like uh, Janssen, uh, Andreas Janssen. So, you know, they got pieces, but these guys still haven't played in the league, you know, for a really long time, and Toronto didn't really go out and get any – you know, outside of John Tavares, obviously, but didn't go out and get any, you know, leadership type guys that have been there, done that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, that, that's something they're lacking. And I think it's something that will be addressed with this group. I, I think they will win, but I don't think it'll be this year. And I think Boston just has a little more of that factor going for them. Plus, you know, there's the curse of Tuka Rask, yeah. you know, <laughs> worst trade in Toronto Maple Leafs history. And um, come back to bite him again, again and again and again. Uh, the, the one reason that the Leafs and Bruins are pretty much locked into a first-round matchup is because the Tampa Bay Lightning have been just so dominant uh, this year. And we've got them as the President's Trophy winners already, uh, already locked it down. And we've seen over the years that President's Trophy uh, winners don't always have the most playoff success. Uh, you know, very few. I think the last team to do it was in 2008. Blackhawks, and outside of that, not a lot of teams are having a lot of success winning both the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup. Um, 
Do you think that this Tampa Bay team is a quality enough group to do both this year? You know, you make a really good point. And so I'm, this is a great transition from the Leafs to Tampa Bay. And when I look behind the bench with Toronto and Mike Babcock, who I respect as a coach very, very much, but the, when Mike Babcock has had success, he's had you know the best players available to him. Mm-hmm. John Cooper's a guy who, even back to his days in the American Hockey League, has found a way to win even when he didn't have the best players available to him. And he made, you know, he's done such a great job over the years of creating cohesive teams. Now, when he won the Calder Cup with the uh, the Norfolk Admirals, he had Dustin Tukarski in net, who was a great AHL goalie. There's no doubt to, in my mind that Andre Vasilevsky is one of the best goaltenders in the league. Phenomenal. Uh, definitely, definitely that new brand, you know, that athletic uh, style goaltender. Um, any game that he's in the net, they have a chance to win. Nikita Kucherov has been outstanding. And then a lot of that group that Cooper won the Calder Cup with is with him now in Tampa Bay, and they've got superstars. So if they can stay healthy, and then, okay, so they got guys like Ryan Callahan and, um, oh, gosh. Cedric Paquette, <laughs> Alex Kalorn, all those guys oh. that just do the dirty work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all these guys, and, and they've even got guys scratched every night that could be regulars on a successful team. So I think they're built to have that success. It's going to be tough. I mean, they could go out in the first round. The NHL playoffs, the Stanley Cup, is the hardest thing to win. But if there was a team that could do it, you talk about the Chicago Blackhawks, they're much in the mold, I think, of those successful Blackhawks teams with guys in their bottom six that can get the job done, that know their role. They've got a good defensive core, and they've got an outstanding goaltender. Yeah, and the thing about them is, you know, they're loaded top to bottom. Even that third line, when you've got, you know, Matthew Joseph and Anthony Sorelli, uh, young players, but they do it. They play the right way. They play hard, and, and at a, at five v five, they've got impressive numbers. Um, and then obviously Kucherov just can't seemingly can't be stopped right now. Stamco seems to be heating up at the right time. And then you only have to look at their last game or two games ago, I guess now. And Vasilevsky's making like 54 saves against the Capitals. Uh, he's just been outstanding all season long. I don't. I still. It's crazy to say, but I just still don't think he gets the respect uh, that he deserves yet. Uh, the, I, there was a player poll the other day, and uh, Carey Price was still voted best goalie in the NHL, and uh, followed by Pekka Rene. But Vasilevsky, if he's behind them at all, it's it's such a small. Um, difference between those guys he's just been outstanding all year and that is so important come playoff time I think that you know uh, some teams get by I mean look you look at last year the Capitals won the Stanley Cup and they didn't really they didn't really know who their goalie was but then once Holpe got the net back I think it was game three of the first round he never really looked back and played outstanding and that's what you need to win a cup and I think Vasilevsky can absolutely do that I thought that was crazy by the way, for Washington. I Nuts. I don't know. Like I, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Holpe down the stretch, but Braden Holpe's awesome, and he certainly proved it once he got back in there. But you never know the inner workings. And what was it, Grubauer? That yeah, was Grubauer. Grubauer had a pretty good year, but and Holpe struggled. But it's still, that seems crazy to me. You just, you've been riding this guy for you know almost a decade, and then all of a sudden you put him on the bench to start the playoffs. I was like, this is a little crazy. But it worked out. They It all uh, kind of played itself out the way we expected. Yeah, and I wouldn't count Washington out either um, because, you know, it's really hard to repeat, but they've got uh, they got a, a good group there. And, again, it comes down to goaltending and defense in the playoffs. It really, really does, and your bottom six forwards. So, you know, that's 
I think that's where the Leafs are going to be in a little bit of trouble, and that's why a team like Tampa could be uh, could be dangerous. And hey, I don't know if you watch much of the Blackhawks lately, but they are kind of hitting their stride. They probably don't have the depth, but at, like we were talking about futures bets last week, I think they're still like seventy to one. Um, I might throw a couple. I might throw twenty bucks at that today. And, you know, it'd be worth it. Yeah, the only concern I have with the Blackhawks, and uh, we actually talked about it earlier in the show, is they just seemingly don't play any defense at all. Uh, but they have all the horses up front. Adding a guy like Dylan Strome was huge. Uh, he's playing the best hockey of his career. Oh, the yeah. Brinkat's been great. Taves has really kind of um, turned things around here in the second half. They, they've got a lot of nice pieces. They just don't play enough defense. But Corey Crawford is another guy who is uh, pretty underrated in my opinion. And uh, if he can continue to play well, I think that they can make a little bit of noise. They're, they're, they've got a bunch of guys that have been there before, and sometimes that's half the battle in the playoffs. You kind of just need to know how to play to win. But going back to the Capitals for a second, like I said, you know, 54 saves from Vasilevsky, you don't see that all the time against Tampa Bay. You see it the other way. Uh, Washington really went in there, or not that they actually hosted them, but they dominated uh, Tampa Bay for much of that game. It would have been a, a 10-4 game if it wasn't for Vasilevsky. It's just... I think that they've got a lot of nice pieces. Carl Hagelin, for whatever reason, has been an absolutely outstanding addition to that third line and just gives them a little bit added, more added depth. Uh, I think they're going to be dangerous. I mean, Dmitry Orlov, another guy that's extremely underrated. Their, their blue line's solid enough. Holpe's great. So uh, it's going to be a toss-up in the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of powerhouse teams. There is, and, and, and while I think Boston maybe doesn't have the same skill as those teams... There's something they're ready to go every single night. I think Bruce Cassidy's an underrated coach, and you know they've got two goaltenders that have been there before. And you know people say, "Oh, Boston's a one-line team," but hey, they've you know David Backus is an Olympian, uh, you know, on the second line. I think Charlie Coyle was a sneaky good ad for them. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. And we haven't even touched on the Western Conference, like Calgary, San Jose, Vegas. One of those teams going out in the first round. The playoff format is probably a discussion for another day. but Absolutely, yeah, it's a total disaster. But, Chris, it's been fun once again. And for all of our listeners, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Chris will be back uh, with us again next week. Uh, we talked a little bit about, obviously, the playoffs today. Uh, we're getting down that stretch run. Fantasy hockey is pretty much wrapping up, so we're going to be talking a lot more playoffs in the coming weeks. Uh, so, Chris, thanks again for joining me, and we'll see you back here next week. Great stuff, Brock. Thanks very much. Telling them that you need a man in who you can defend. Well, I'd be the gasoline to keep you alive. And I'd be the cold, so unbreakable. We burn together straight through the night. That's alright, baby. Be my time.
Welcome back to Season 4, Episode 28 of the DFO Podcast, brought to you by Oddshark. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Chris Abbott. Uh, as we mentioned last week, Chris is going to be joining uh, me on the show every single week uh, through the rest of the NHL season. We're going to be, as we transition into the playoffs, uh, Chris and I will be breaking down the playoffs, of course. Uh, but obviously, I'll also be here with Biebs and D. Uh, looking ahead towards hey. the playoffs, we're going to do, obviously, a preview show where we look at the playoffs, where we are going to break down uh, fantasy hockey targets for those of you who compete in fantasy hockey playoff pools like I do. Uh, I I love it. Uh, it's su- such a different dynamic trying to pick like the teams that you think are going to go deep, but then also trying to... like. Everybody like thinks the same people are going deep. Obviously, right. Right? So you're fighting for those same players. You might end up with like one guy from the Lightning or whatever. And then you got to go elsewhere. Like I remember a couple of years ago, I had to, I got screwed. And I had to, I had to stack the uh, the Senators. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Like these are the only team available. I ended up stacking the Senators. They made that like just crazy run, and I ended up doing pretty well because you know Carlson and Mark Stone and the boys they all went off. So. Uh, I like fancy hockey in the playoffs. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was when uh, when Anderson was going through all that stuff, and he was just oh, uh, he was just outrageously good in the playoffs too. So um, that's that's Craig Anderson though for you. Just every yeah. other year, just phenomenal. I think we're over that now. He yeah, still hasn't. He old. still hasn't won since December seventeenth. It's insane. Like he's on yeah. like the longest gold streak, uh, second to Corey Schneider. Thanks who's for the an entire uh, calendar year pick, without boys. winning. <laughs> and he, he's played a lot. <laughs> but yeah, he won. Like, yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, his let's wife get back, loves uh, to tweet about it too. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, let's get back to uh, next week's streaming options. Uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit before the break uh, and before we talked to Chris about how the Sabers have five games next week, uh, and I've got a pickup from the Sabers actually, which I didn't think I'd say at this point of the season. But Impossible. Alex Nylander, one percent owned, so he's pretty much available in every league. Uh, Nylander. Yeah, except for leagues with Michael Nylander in them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he could be a huge ad for championship week. The Sabres inexplicably have five games next week, including games on Monday, Wednesday, and Sunday. So it's like the perfect week for fantasy streamers with an additional two games just stacked on top of that, which is just crazy. Yeah. yeah uh, you're you're talking, imagine if they're in the hunt. once or twice a year. Oh, it'd be uh, insane, yeah. yeah. If yeah, you're in the hunt yeah. at this point, like 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 it's all coming down to the wire. That you got some bad injuries and you got to play five games in the second last week of puck. Be crazy. Feel it. Uh, but Nylander could play that entire week on the Sabers top line. Uh, Nylander, who had 12 goals and 19 assists, 31 points and 49 NHL games when he was called up, uh, had, was on a line with Jack Eichel and Connor Sheary in Thursday's practice. Um, he has one goal and two assists in his last. Uh, two games as That's well, top so line, eh? uh, starting to play pretty well. Playing on a line now with Eichel and Shiri. Uh Jeff Skinner, who has had a phenomenal season uh, this year, has just one goal and one assist in his last ten games, uh, all in March. So cooling off considerably. I know uh, some of the Buffalo beats mil. have been getting getting on him a little bit. Like somebody was just like, "Why wouldn't you put? Uh, why wouldn't you put Skinner, Eichel, and Nylander together if you're really giving Nylander a look?" And then they were all just like, "Man, have you seen Skinner play for like the last month? Like he's just been terrible, I yeah. guess." But, yeah, he's packed um, it in. He just wants that contract. I don't. Yeah. He's so, just not shooting thirty percent anymore, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like so it's crazy. Uh, Nylander's a guy who's interesting. Uh, you know, pretty highly regarded prospect. Uh, obviously, his brother William, pretty good uh, player he's in his own right. Uh, so I think Nylander has a chance to be pretty good uh, on that top line. 
if you're in a super deep league, uh, even if you're not, and you want exposure to that five fucking games, which is yeah, just nuts. Yeah. Um, obviously, cool Connor Sheary. Yeah, and, uh, with against his bro, pretty sick. Yeah, it was cool. And then Connor Sheary, even like obviously somebody else you could take a look at uh, playing with Eichel uh, right now as well. So uh, I Ryan, like Nylander, but even Reinhardt, Sam Reinhardt has seen his ownership uh, kind of plummet lately. He's been on a bit of a cold streak, but when we're talking about five games in one week. Uh, yeah, down to sixty percent, down three. Uh, it's down three percent in the last week. So Reinhardt getting dropped uh, in a bunch of leagues right now. So Sam Reinhardt potentially available on your wire too. You get five games out of him next week. Yeah, not not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, D, who else are you looking at the next week? Uh, I got a bunch of teams uh, at least to go after. Uh, I already talked about Rangers and Calgary. Both play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, Boston plays Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Minnesota plays Monday, Friday, and Sunday, as well as Pittsburgh. Uh, and then Vegas plays Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So that's uh, two teams that play on all the slow days. Uh, and then four more that play on at least three of them. Uh, so I'll start with the Rangers. I, I like Ryan Strom a lot. Currently just 5% owned. He's seen a huge bump in usage since the trades to Hayes and Zuccarello. Average time on ice of 1836 over his last 13 games. He's racked up uh, pretty respectable six goals and three assists over that span. Center and right wing eligibility and can easily give you four extra games next week. Currently skating on New York's top line with Zibanejad and Kreider. Pretty good place to be. Uh, second power play unit right now, still some good usage. Uh, and then not as ideal when we're talking about streamers, defensemen, but Tony D'Angelo, got to mention him again here. Uh, he yeah. was scratched last Monday, which helped Ridiculous. keep his ownership from uh, going up too much. He's still just 10% owed. Average time on ice of 21 minutes and 10 seconds over his last 15 games. No goals, but 11 assists over that stretch. So uh, point or 11 assists in his last 15 games. Currently on the Rangers' top power play unit. So definitely, Dude, like, I just don't understand why they just think it's like just okay to just keep scratching this guy. Like Dumb every time hell. I watch their games, it's just like man, like he's their best defenseman. Like, yeah, by far. What are we, like, what are we doing scratching this guy? And like the Rangers fans share, uh, they share that sentiment. Like they every time you get scratched, like what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the guy that was scratching Shattenkirk and Domestikov two games into the season, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yeah. David Quinn seems like a very serious fella. Questionable. Yeah. Questionable. Very serious dude. Uh, Beebs, you got anybody to add to the list here? Uh, just Gust of Nyquist. Um, he's very much owned at 44%, but you might be able to get him if, if you're in one of those leagues, um, that an 8-10 to 10 team league maybe. It's a guy who kind of keep an eye on him because there is an injury to big Joe Pavelski out there in San Jose, and I'm not too sure when he's supposed to come back. But and until he does, It seemed like he was going to be out uh, for a pretty good amount of time, and then yeah. all of a sudden he skated today. Obviously he didn't play tonight, but uh, That's hopefully where I'm for the Sharks, he's not out too long, but hopefully for people who are able to pick up uh, Gus Nyquist, it is uh, one more week. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so if you can get him while he's on that top line, this is a team that's just kind of rolling everyone right now, and uh, he's playing top line, top power play. He is essentially Joe Pavelski for the next week, so if you can get Joe Pavelski off the waiver wire, um, go for it, and Gus Nyquist as well. If you do grab him and say you only have select few pickups, he doesn't make a terrible play if he gets sent down that lineup a little bit. Um, you know, We know how strong San Jose is, but again, 44% owned, so he is likely uh, pretty tough to get, but if he is there, Take a peek but, at him. Plays yeah, there's really wings. no reason for him to be owned because he hasn't done much. Uh, yeah, he's been terrible lately. But, uh, yeah. you know, that's just Now's how time. sometimes in fantasy. People don't pay as much attention as they should. Most of the time works for you. Sometimes it works against you like it the, does. The one Nyquist. thing I will say, though, is if you're going into the championship 
next week. Gus Nyquist is a type of player who could be dropped by teams looking to add people this weekend. The Sharks have Saturday and Sunday off. Yeah, so they have a back-to-back Thursday, Friday. And he would be, uh, you know, among other Sharks, uh, would be the guys that you would look at dropping to try to add uh, and boost your lineup for the weekend. So that could go a long way in bringing that own percentage down uh, especially and him becoming if, available uh, in other leagues. Especially if Pavelski does play tomorrow, which seems like it, it probably could happen because Pavelski even said himself today uh, that he could play, but they're just he's sitting out because they're uh, gearing up for the playoff run. Yeah, no uh, need to Said he could him. play if it was the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And he did travel with the team uh, for this road swing in uh, it was Vegas last night, right? And then Or oh, Vegas no, it's tonight. Los, it's Los Angeles Los Angeles tonight, sorry. And then so it's not tomorrow. much of a road swing. It's basically just a drive down the, down yeah, the road. Yeah, still travel with the team, though. <laughs> if there was no intention of him, no chance of him playing in either game, he wouldn't have gone on the mm-hmm. road trip. So uh, definitely a good chance he plays tomorrow. Seems uh, like they're doing the same thing with Eric Carlson, too, eh? Like, I don't think Carlson is, like, taking him Super no, like, but I, sure I would, you know, if I'm Carlson, if I'm them, I'd want him to at least play a couple games to get back up to game speed yeah. for the playoffs. Uh, but I don't know. After he looked in the one, it seemed pretty doubtful when DeBoer was talking about the other day. He said he he feels pretty good about Carlson coming back before the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. You about, can just never, you never know what's yeah. going on with these guys, man. They're so like, oh, he's you know, he's doing okay. Like mm-hmm. you just, they, they they really give you mm-hmm. nothing. As far as what that all means for Nyquist, though, even if Pavelski comes back, I like you said, Brock, I think it could be a good thing because it, it definitely uh, would result in a lot of drops, uh, be available in a lot more leagues, and then he would still hold on to that second-line spot that he had uh, before Pavelski went out with Evander Kane and Thomas Hurdle, so not a, a bad spot to Great end up spot in either still. way. Yeah. Not and like we talked either. about Nyquist before like at the trade deadline and stuff and how he could be a guy who would definitely see – um, maybe his value stays similar to what it was playing on the top line in Detroit if he can find a top six role. Uh, when he when he first got traded to San Jose and he's playing with Thornton, it's like, mm, you know, not great, but playing with Hurdle and Kane is still a nice spot and he's a guy that can keep his value right around the same as it was in Detroit, score some goals, pick up a lot of assists uh, playing with those two. So For sure. I, I still like him if he does get dropped. Uh, I like him even more this weekend in, in other leagues uh, where he becomes available, obviously. Uh, but D, you got a couple more guys to talk about? Uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about Boston's entire second line. Like I said, <laughs> Boston, just the whole fucking line. Just the whole line. Boston, Boston plays two. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. We just talk about David Krejci just being so just underrated so still. Eh? Just like, I just and never, Sunday. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, know, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to get in because I know you're about to go off. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Krejci definitely would be my top recommendation. He's still just 47% owned, uh, despite us talking him up every week and <laughs> having 19 goals and 44 assists on the season. I think along with Backlund, he's the top streaming target for next week. If he's not available, you can look at Jake DeBrusque, who's sitting at 37% right now. DeBrusque, not the most reliable player in terms of assists, but he is an above-average goal scorer. He's got 23 goals in 59 games this season. Uh, shoots the puck a lot, offers dual-wing eligibility, and uh, plays a decent amount. He's on the top power play unit as well with Boston 1. So, uh, Moving on, finally, if neither of them are available, you should be able to stream Charlie Coyle. Coyle just 7% owed. Off to a terrible, terribly slow start in Boston, but his numbers should start to improve so long as he's on that second line. He's logged over 17 minutes in three straight games. Only a matter of time before the points start to come for Coyle. Uh, got his first goal, goal as a Bruin a few games ago with Krejci. Uh, so now that DeBrusque is back to you, I, I think uh, next week could shape up pretty kindly for Coyle. And like I said, available in over 90% of leagues. Uh, but definitely the third option on that line. Uh, but there's a good chance, or there's a decent chance anyway, Krejci and DeBrusque are both gone, if that's the case. Uh, definitely turn your sights to Charlie Coyle. You got more? Yeah. You want to talk about? No, I, I, I don't. I, like uh, I think we can go back to to, uh, to Biebs' boy from last week, Rupe Hintz. Uh, yep. Think about especially it. Especially Monday, Wednesday. 
Uh, you've got the Stars, you know, a bit of a tough schedule in uh, Winnipeg and in Calgary, but, um, you know, the uh, the Jets pretty susceptible uh, at 5-on-5. Five five. Yep. Uh, the Flames haven't been fantastic. Uh, you know, their goaltending specifically hasn't been fantastic, uh, you know, in the last couple of months. So, two decent games. He's been a guy who's played uh, with Segan primarily uh, a lot lately, but the one issue... Um, with with hints is like I, I saw a tweet today. It was like three minutes into the game, I think, and it was like Ben Sieg and Radulov reunited. It's like it just seems to take like no time <laughs> at all before they just give up and just reunite those three. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, well, it happens. I, I wrote about it today too in the in the line matching and the in the premium stuff for DFO. I, it literally happens pretty much every game where Ben finds himself back onto the at top some point, line at some point for the end of the game, and then they always go back to Hints in that spot, or at least Ben back on the second line. Uh, but worst case, uh, Hints is on the top power play unit. So still a lot of upside there. Uh, and I think it's just a result of the Stars being willing to do more line juggling than pretty much any other team in the league. Uh, they have no problem doing with it in the middle of every mm-hmm. single game. Uh, like, I, I think they just like the depth balance out. Uh, more throughout their lineup with Ben on the second line. Uh, but when push comes to shove, they're not afraid to stack the top line. No, not at all. Like Hitchcock did all last year. Um, uh, Brian Rust, another great option for next week. Uh, Penguins play Monday, Friday, Sunday. Uh, so could get a bit overlooked because they only play three games, but pretty uh, ideal spots to play there. Three slower days. He's back on the top line with Crosby and Gensel, just 10% owned. That's all you really need to know. He's been productive whenever he's played on the top line this season. You can expect that to continue next week. Of course, you'll want to monitor Pittsburgh's lineup as the week unfolds to make sure Russ stays in the first line because that's where all of his value is tied to. Um, yeah, Beebs, you got anyone else? Um, not so much. There, I mean, you're hit. You're hitting the the teams that uh, that have those days, and and right about now, you're not going to find too many uh, top options out there. Especially if you're in the finals, likely not going to have too many spots open on your roster either to move. Yeah, um, I, I just yeah, I just want to shout out all these teams because there's a lot of like I said friendly. Can I just uh, stick week. with Pittsburgh for a second? I think yep. uh, especially with Malkin out, seems for a while that second line or well third line seemingly turned into their, turning into their second line. Yeah, because Kessel's uh, struggling so much and yeah, Nick Bukestad Kessel's pretty much turned into the third line, unfortunately. Yeah, Nick Bukestad, twenty four percent owned, uh, playing pretty well next to Dominic uh, Simon <laughs> or Simone. I don't really know how they say it. Uh, Simon, also another guy worth taking a look at. Maybe uh, that that line's been really good at five on five. I know uh, you write about it every day. B, uh, D, yeah. uh, th- they've been really impressive since being put together. Uh, and even even Hornquist too should be available in yes, some leagues. Hornquist, uh, the good thing about him, especially with Malkin out uh, on the top power play unit, you know, firmly. Yeah, uh, there were some times there for a couple Gensel weeks ago. Uh, Gensel was bumped down to. Or bumped up, sorry, to the first power play unit, which bumped yeah. Hornquist down. Uh, but really, the way it should be. But. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like it definitely. There's no reason for Gensel not to be on the top power play unit. Uh, great f- net front presence on the power play. Yeah. Well, uh, they just had so much success with those five guys. It's weird that uh, Letang didn't jump right back up to that first unit, but he did get some shifts there in the last game. I'm assuming that'll happen before. It's I hate too to long. say it, Horn- uh, Hornquist 55 percent owned, so less available. Ridiculous. But uh, Simon and Bukestad still though. Yeah, you know, I we talk about it every year, man. People just love Patrick Hornquist for just for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Kevin Fiala. Like I said, Minnesota plays like the Penguins Monday, Friday, and Sunday, so probably should go a little bit under the radar as far as streaming goes. Uh, Fiala on the They're second nice line They're a nice pickup right later now. in the week, like with the Friday, Sunday. Yeah, 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 especially because Monday's a little bit busier, right? So uh, you could definitely wait and uh, put the a later acquisition in for them on Friday and Sunday uh, if you want to get some more games Top out. Top power play unit in Minnesota right now. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and on the second line, uh, just playing a ton of minutes anyway. I, I think he's play, his average time on ice basically been above 17, 18 minutes since he's been in Minnesota. Uh, so he's in a really good spot, 21% owned. And then lastly, Vegas. Uh, I mentioned Vegas plays Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, so people should pick up Paul Stastny again? Saturday. And like I said, yeah. Like you said, Brock, we can't talk about Vegas without mentioning our boy, Paul Stastny. Uh, despite our constant recommendations, Stastny still just 27% owned. We say it every week. That second line has been incredible since the stone trade. It's easily their best line at this point. Uh, even though the top line is doing some work tonight. Shout out to Riley Smith and William Carlson. Yeah, I was going to say, Riley Smith, 55% owned. So he is available in some leagues. Yep. Uh, worth taking a look yeah. uh, just to check, make sure he is uh, He is available. He had a, yeah. what, a goal and three assists the other night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, top line looking better. I mean, Vegas looking scary. Coming, Everything seems to be coming together just at the right time. Uh, we talked about it I, last week, I'm pretty sure. Their their team looks better on paper now than it did last year. Going to oh, my God, yeah. Phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, Stastny now with three goals, eight assists in his last 11 games. Average time on ice of 18.05 over that span. Playing a ton of minutes. That f- that second line is good as uh, most first lines in the league at this point. I think we've talked about Mark Stastny incredible. for we love literally Pastoretti. one month straight. Well, he's yeah. not going up, and he's definitely worth mentioning, especially when they play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, if, you know, it's straight center eligibility, you should at least be able to get him in for those first three nights. If it's a little bit tight, you can drop him for the weekend. Uh, and maybe look at getting someone on Sunday. Not really a big deal if you can't get him in your lineup on Saturday. If you're getting game set up on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, he's pretty much he's close to a point per game player with Patrick and Stone on his wings. Uh, at the very least, we're talking about a 60, 70 point pace. Uh, so just a terrific streaming option if he's available in over 70 percent of leagues. Uh, probably right up there with Krejci and Backlund. He is actually right at a point, point per game, uh, three goals, eight assists in 11 games since the trade deadline. Yeah, so um, been pretty, pretty, pretty good. It, it's funny because we always talk about how uh, when you're looking at rostering a guy, straight sound eligibility can just kill you because it's the most common uh, and can really just dilute their fantasy value. But when it comes to streaming targets, we're talking about these guys all the time because it just makes them – more widely available, mm-hmm. uh, and then Backlund, Krejci, uh, I think Backlund's just center, and yep. yeah, uh, strict center, yeah, and Stastny are, are certainly that three uh, really solid fantasy hockey players with tremendous usage, tremendous schedules next week uh, available in over you know seventy percent of leagues, except for, save for Krejci, who's closer to forty five, I think. Well, it just makes me laugh because we always sit here and we do these uh, trade deadline preview uh, podcasts and write about it and say like, oh my god, how is this going to affect? this player's value, Gustav Nyquist, if he gets traded here. But it also affects the players that are on that current yep. roster. Like, how much value did did uh, Paul Stastny gain when Mark Stone joins that line? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, you go from having, you know... Well, we love de- Alex de- Tuck. Yeah, we, yeah like, even Tuck is great. Uh, Brandon Peary saw some time there, but none of those guys are Mark Stone. Yeah, we're Mark talking Stone like a legitimate is, top six player to an elite player. Yeah, phenomenal. And so these are like the type of things that also change. You know, you had a guy like Mark Stone in your lineup, Instantly, even Pacioretty has become that much better. Uh, he had a bit of a slow year. We talked about him constantly throughout the season, yeah. and a lot of that was their injuries too. Like they didn't, oh, get, sure. they didn't even get that full second line healthy uh, until about a month or two before the trade deadline. So, uh, yeah, just a, a lot to like Vegas. Trade deadline's been a pretty good friend to Paul Stastny over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Sent him to Winnipeg to play with uh, Lining Ehlers, I believe, yep. was what they went with. Yeah, uh, not in the playoffs pairing. last year. Yeah, and now it hooks him up with Mark Stone in Vegas. So. Uh, Gotta love it. Pretty good couple years for Paul Sassney in the trade deadline. Yeah. But uh, I hope you guys enjoyed Season 4, Episode 28 of the DFO Podcast, brought to you by Odd Shark. 
Uh, we don't really know when our next episode is going to be, considering next week is pretty much the final week of the Bigger fantasy enough. hockey season. But we'll probably jump on the mics a little bit, maybe talk about the playoff race as it heats up. Yeah. Uh, we should get on Thursday, I would we'll, imagine. We'll probably be on, talk about you know just something. Maybe we'll just talk shop a little bit. Just, it's always fun to talk a little puck with the boys. Yeah. Uh, so we'll do that. And then obviously before the playoffs, we're going to really ramp things up again. Uh, do more playoff coverage than we ever have before. So... I uh, hope you guys are locked into the DFO podcast each and every week. Uh, if you know you guys like what you hear, head over to iTunes, uh, head over to SoundCloud, give us some likes, give us a good review. Tell your uh, friends. Tell, your, tell friends. your friends' friends. Yeah. Haven't said that in a while. Friends. No, we haven't done that in a while. But anyways, <laughs> uh, enjoy the Blue Stones on your way out, and we'll see you guys back here next week, and good luck in the championship. can almost feel that crown on my head. Championship one. Peace. Championship one. Selling a little? or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.